Welcome to the Peach and Black Podcast, your central place to hear unofficial news and intelligent discussion on all things happening in the Prince world. Featuring the hosts, MC. He's going for gold. If anyone knows me, I love 80s classic rubbish pop. Leia. It's kind of interesting where he was at that point in any, any time. The word I've got here circled is sap. It's just sappy. And other special guests. Oh, I love it. Hello, welcome back to the Peach and Black podcast. Uh, we've been away for a while, but we're back again uh, with another album review this time. Uh, we're going to be getting into the Chocolate Invasion release uh, and really dissecting it track by track, getting into you know what we like, what we don't like, etc. As we always do, introducing the panel, uh, we've got Toe Jam, Hello. Player. Good morning. And as always, Captain. Woo-hoo. We're all here. <laughs> There's always something new happening, isn't there? Um, we're all here and excited. Wide awake, <laughs> just absolutely pumping high voltage energy. Fist pump, never fist heard pump. Before. <laughs> so excited to be here together recording another show. <laughs> yeah, and let's just get straight into it. I mean, we've um, we've been doing album reviews for a while now. Uh, we're going to continue doing them because there's so much more material to get through. Um, but since we've covered pretty much all the releases uh, over the last decade or so. Um, we're going to go into an album, uh, The Chocolate Invasion, that was released online uh, in early 2004, I think 29th of March, someone yelled out earlier. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's when it was released, but it, it comprised of material recorded, well, who knows, but probably somewhere between 1999 and 2001, 2002 era. Uh, so that's that's just an interesting side note to keep in mind um, and, and also we should mention that you know uh, around that same time uh, another online album called The Slaughterhouse was also released and they sort of form part of this kind of double album um, package in, in most Prince fans minds anyway uh, and that was released sometime I believe around the same time online at the MPGMC uh, MPG Music Club website when that was around but uh, let's just go straight into it, and I'm sure the conversation will get interesting as always. Um, and let's go into track number one of The Rain... What am I talking about? The Chocolate Invasion, <laughs> otherwise known as TCI. Um, track number one. First song we're going to talk about is When I Lay My Hands On You. And uh, I've got more notes for this song than any other. <laughs> I thought you would out of this whole album but because I've been doing so much talking in the intro I'll, I'll um, hand it over to someone else to start it off uh, Captain what do you think of this track ah it's it's great it's a great track it's got great guitar it's got great vocals it's got great backing vocals it's got great percussion it's got a great guitar solo it's great I think it's great uh, lo- compared to the to the live version, it doesn't seem to have that, I don't know, impact that it does live, and I'm sure you'll talk about that, MC. Um, the start of this track reminds me a bit of Empty Room, just the atmospheric 
sound and the little piano and um, the video. Remember the video? Who's seen the video? Oh, man. What a flashback. I haven't seen that for yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot geez. there was a video. Isn't that where his hair's in all the little ponytails? Or something? I man, so. I haven't seen the video. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, there is one. Oh, oh, really, you know, it's like a really low bit rate. Yeah. Video yeah. on the internet. I think it was. I think it was QuickTime that came out. Wow, what a flashback! But yeah, it's not a bad video. It's not the highest quality video I've ever seen him make, but it's it's a video. <laughs> um, that's all I've got to say. It's great. It's 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 probably in the top three tracks on this album. I suppose there's only ten, but it's in the, it's in my top three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Toe Jam, what are your thoughts on when I lay my hands on you? Yeah, this is probably uh, probably number one, if not top three, of all the tracks that you know compile these two releases. In my opinion, uh, it just oozes and it seeps. Um, it's it seems to me like it's come from the same part of his brain that like Beautiful Strange and Joy and Repetition, Empty Room, those kind of songs. Mm. It's just uh, it's so thick uh, with everything so thick and the, uh, there's a female vocal throughout I have no idea who it is but I really like her vocals in it uh, the great use of the tremolo guitar uh, it's a really great metaphor and like you know I guess it might have been done before but you know the whole you know when I lay my hands on you is he talking about the woman or is he talking about the guitar kind of thing it's a really great metaphor and there's some cool chords in there too even the very intro uh, it starts with an A minor 7 then an A minor with a major 7 which is, a, you know, a very typical start, and you almost expect it to go to an A minor with a 6, so it's kind of going, descending down, but then it goes to a D, so just a little muso thing there, which is pretty cool. And um, the Santana reference, and then the Santana solo, I mean, that just blew, blew me away the first time I heard it, and it still blows me away today, so uh, definitely the best, if not top three tracks of this era. Wow. <laughs> Big praise on this, on this first track of... Um... Awesome. Yeah, it's it's one of his. Yeah, it's probably one of his best tracks of the decade, really. Mm. It's a good, strong opening track. Yeah, for an album that was released, you know, it was only ever released online, unfortunately. So, but uh, anyway, I digress. Uh, Player, what are your thoughts on the song? Yeah, for me, it's certainly a track that I slept on initially, and have had since a newfound appreciation since the Montreux performance. Uh, for me, it's a bit demo-like, and if we worked in the studio in a similar fashion to the way the dance where you're going to see me was in a future release, Montreux style, the way you did it Montreux style, it deserves a m- more widespread appreciation, so I would welcome that. Um, the lyrics are fantastic and have that air of mystery that Prince's six have to suck you in, but this version lacks the punch of the live performance, I think, so... But it's still a nice track to have in the collection. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. It's like top three of this era. Okay, uh, I guess that brings it to me. Uh, I have to agree with everything that everyone said, except the funny thing that as I was listening to you guys talk, I'm thinking, I, I do agree that it's one of the, his great songs of the last 10 years or so, probably. But the thing is that before the Montreux version, I would very rarely play it. Exactly. 
Like, that's, which is a weird thing. Like, one of the great songs in the last decade, and I played it, like, what, maybe once a year? Twice a year? I don't know. Like, I can't remember how often, but it was definitely pretty rare. Like, I, I always remember liking it when I heard it, and then, obviously, witnessing it live changed my perception of it forever. Uh, it's just weird that you, he's... I think maybe it comes down to the fact that Prince is so much material that even when you hear a brilliant song, I mean, you know, we all have lives. You, we all, you just sometimes you just don't have enough time to, to, um, you know, really appreciate or, or play back um, some of these gems. And this is one of them. I mean, it's a brilliant song. It's just amazing. The distorted, echoey guitars are brilliant. Um, the sensual and and uh, provocative lyrics, I mean, they're, they're re- it's really more like a private song almost, as if it's one of those things that you listen to it, or you listen to it even more so on headphones, it comes across as this kind of, you know, like direct from him to you. And, and Toe Jam's question about, you know, is it the guitar, is it the woman, what what is he actually talking about is kind of kind of cool. Um, it's a very... But- Intimate song. Yeah, just, the, yeah. Just, just, there you go. just the sound of it. It's so close, and it's like right there. You took the words right out of my mouth, Captain. It's right. He's right in front of your face. Yeah, exactly. Like well, it was not meant for transmission. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a line as well. Like, and then he tells you it's not meant for transmission, and then the next three or four minutes, he transmits the song <laughs> to you, which is interesting. It, but it, to me, it's um. It's something that you would think but not necessarily sing about, which I give him a lot of props for. Like, I mean, you've got to have balls to put something like this out because it, it's one of those things. Like, some people might have similar thoughts, but rarely will they express them. And he's made a whole song out of it, so it's just amazing. It's awesomely sung by him as well. I mean, he's singing in the upper limits of his normal register. And, that's, and I say that that way because it's something that you don't hear enough of. I don't believe we hear enough of, but it's so brilliant. His, his normal register, I think, is, is brilliant on its own. But when he really pushes it and, and tries to go into his upper register but doesn't quite reach you know, the falsetto, is sometimes it has a really interesting effect, which it does in this song. And I love the little snippet of like this kind of axe, the axe grinder or whatever. <laughs> you guys remember that? This is yeah. the point where this axe grinder comes in. It's like, what the... What, what, you know who put that in there? Hmm. These little touches and the background harmonies make you want to get down on the floor. There's no doubt about it. Um, it's like some kind of weird Stanley Kubrick scene or something. I don't know. Hmm. Eerie, eerie soft keyboard melodies that that this constantly underneath all the guitar work. And then speaking the guitar, two two minutes and forty seconds into it, it's just sublime. And it, what it does, it really heightens the effect of the track and and the drum programming, which can be a bit. Uh, kind of, you know, electro-pop, but I think um, the good thing about the Montreux performance, the brilliant thing about it, is that it, it to me, the Montreux performance is the definitive version of this song, and it even tops the album track. It's like, it takes this track, and it, it's just simply astounding what they do with it. You've got, you know, Blackwell's drumming, Ronda's bass playing, and, and Renato's, you know, electronic yeah. magnificence, that little, all those sounds that he's creating is just wow smack bang one of the great songs of the past decade and I'm really going to make an attempt to listen to this more often because it's just so brilliant so uh, what an opening to the album wow <laughs> massive song uh, just, but anyway. just, hmm, just something you mentioned before is that you never really listen to this song 
until you heard the Montreux one. I'll play a set of two. But um, I think that's something that both this, both these albums suffer from is because they never got a full release. I don't think people judge them as as good quality because Prince didn't deem them good enough to be officially released. And I think people might judge them that way as well. You know what, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, uh, as, gr- as great or as bad as any of the songs are, Prince didn't think they were good enough to get a proper release. And I think yeah. people will think that too. And it's not... Like, a lot of this download stuff, it's not in people's brains. Yeah. I mean, you've got all your official albums sitting on the shelf, but unless you've burnt these to a disc, you don't have these sitting on the shelf as well. They're just not in the general album list, you know? Probably continue talking about it, but due to, due to you know, timeliness, we'll go to track number two, which is due to Smile. I'll start this off. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I don't think much of this song, guys. I think it's a bit of a mess. The bass, the bass is popping, though. Like, after the... Um, four minute 30 second mark his bass playing is absolutely filthy it's just I can't I can't even describe how dirty he's playing how dirtily he's playing playing this bass and it's simple it's not over complicated bass playing but it's effective and it's just with that beat happening over the top of it that bass playing is just wow uh, it's just funk personified, and this, but this whole thing just sounds like one big experiment, you know. Maybe, maybe that's why it's on this internet-only release. I don't really understand the entire concept either. Um, it's, it's something that that he might have to explain to me one day. I don't know, but uh, all right, guys. But this is basically filler in the grand scheme of things. I think this is mm-hmm. one of the more filler songs on the album. Uh, I'll transfer it to player. I agree with you. I mean, it's oh. an interesting track, but it doesn't seem to go anywhere musically or lyrically. Um, some of the synth bass lines are crisp and fresh and gives the track some bounce, but overall it doesn't do much for me. Overall, the message in the music gets lost because it seems he has too many things he wants to say, and I agree with you, MC, it turns it into a bit of a mess. So, um, I, What does he say at the 4 minutes 36 mark? Is it, uh, Mr. does he say Aussie man? Uh, Mr. Aussie man, what makes you think I work for you? I thought it was RC man, <laughs> as in record company man. Ah, right. Uh, but, yeah. but the way he delivers it, it sounds like Aussie, man. It does, yeah. <laughs> it's maybe, us. Maybe he's, he's talking, talking to, to us. us. Exactly. <laughs> Prince is talking to the Peach and Black podcast. Now, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> the MC <laughs> man. <laughs> but overall, yeah, hit and miss. Yeah, that's right. And, 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 and Prince, if you're listening, don't forget to put a bit of shoot the duck into the next version of Housequake or something. So <laughs> you gotta, you got to play that live. We've got to hear it. <laughs> All right, so moving on to Toe Jam, who seems a little surprised by what we've said about this song so far. And you guys are killing me. This is a kick-ass track. This is totally kick-ass. I usually agree with you, but uh, anyway, keep oh, going. <laughs> As I was saying before, because I said... Uh, yeah, and when when I lay my hands on you was the best one, and then I saw in my notes this one next to it, I'm like, oh, maybe top three because this You're one's kidding. This is awesome. This track. a uh, couple of reasons why. He's angry. He's clearly angry, and I lo- I love his angry songs like uh, funk and uh, stuff like that. Oh man, there's just so much cool stuff in this. Uh, I'm, I'm going to call it chromatic funk because it kind of uses some really cool chromatic sounds. Just an example, being a nerd again. Uh, the, the, 
I guess you could call it the chorus bit where it goes, the chocolate invasion is here. It's here. So it's, it's finishing on like the major seven of the, so the note just before the octave. But then in the bass, the bass line's playing this uh, octave note, but then a semitone above the octave note. So you get this clash between around the sort of central tonal of the song, and it's just it's so clashy but so funky at the same time. It works. Um, yeah, it's awesome. There's some piano accordion that goes throughout it. It's just it's just so not Prince, but that's what's cool about it is that it's just so completely random. This piano accordion in this you know angry funk song. Maybe it's Weird Al. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> And, yeah, I've just got bass circled. Bass just goes off in this whole track. That I'll agree with you. <laughs> yeah. The bass is built. And a little thing here also, uh, How Dare You Call a Robot Mecca is a reference to the AI movie, which came out around the same time, because uh-huh. uh, the robots in that were called Mecha Robots. So that's an interesting little reference. But then how lame is the rest of it? Like, something, something, ass was jive... It just sounds so terrible. Oh, man, no. It's so lame. Man, you guys disappoint me. Disappoint me. I'll send it on to Captain then. Capitan. I'm sort of in the middle. It's not the worst track on here. It's not the best track. It's, um... Hit a miss. It's it is it's it's sort of all yeah, over the place and like player said, it's that's my main problem with it. It doesn't really go anywhere. It I mean w- what is it? It's just a it's big, not memorable. It's really it's like memorable. a big hodgepodge of like I've got all like these different ideas. I'll yeah. just chuck them all in one track. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I love happens. about it. That's what I love about it. It's just there's there's no like structure to it. There's no like pretense. Oh, I'm going to make a nice little ballad song here. I'm going to make a rock song. It's just him mm-hmm. being him, just doing crazy stuff. Hmm. I, 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 the first half of it is sort of just blah, but I after like when it gets to the second half, that's when I sort of like it. Like you get the chocolate invasion starts here, and then you, then it goes good. You got some funky stuff in there, and I, I there's I, I laugh. There's some funny stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's just sort of all over the place. Like what I'm just saying right now. <laughs> But you listen yeah. to the beat, it is so similar to the high track. It's almost the same, the same beat. But, uh, yeah, it's it's sort of in the middle there for me. Yeah. All right. Okay, we've, we've gotten over that. We'll go straight into track number three now, which is... Uh, oh, yeah. Super cute. Uh, and, uh, Captain, you, you might as well start this one off. Oh, I love the chorus in this song. <laughs> it just gets stuck in my head for days and days. It's great. It's got some cool little guitar bits here and there, some nice backing vocals. And if you listen at 240, he's, he turns on a vacuum. Uh, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> he's, he's I don't vacuuming. Think it's a vacuum. I don't think it's a vacuum. <laughs> Something sucking, yeah. nevertheless. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the chorus. The chorus is the best thing in this song. It's just this, it's just great. It's so not Prince-like, though. Something but, about yeah, yeah. DJ Land, or I don't know what he says, but it, <laughs> I don't listen to the words. Just the, It just gets in my brain. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll grab this one off you quickly. I, I also like the... I, one of the big things that I liked is the chorus. It's real catchy. Um, and the verses flow nicely, um, supported by like that reggae, insp- almost reggae-inspired bass line, which is really cool to hear in a Prince song. Um, and it's such a cool title. Like... If if this was a CD release and you look on the back track three, super cute. It's just there's something about 
that that title that is cool. And um, just closing off, a couple more things that I do like about it are those um, kind of low keyboard stabs and how they um, they really uh, I don't know how to describe it. They really meld and gel, I guess, with the, that really simple drum loop that he's that he's got going on repeat. It's kind of cool and. Um, He's got some nice guitar playing even in it, you know? Like, mm. they're just random single extended notes, I guess, is the way I'd explain it, through through some sort of filter. I don't know what he's filtering it through. Uh, and it's cool to sound. It's like, it's just this kind of um, cool, cool, funky Prince song. It's a quite a solid track. So, enjoyable listening, um, nevertheless. Uh, uh, Toe Jam, what do you think of this? Oh, it's, it's okay. I think this is, like, for me, I've always seen this album as, you know, the strongest two tracks the first two tracks and then from there on in it sort of gets a bit wishy-washy and uh there's nothing wrong with super cute like it's pretty chilled uh there's some nice guitar little moments in there like you're saying but it doesn't really do anything for me um just some interesting things i got you know the little samples of yeah throughout it uh i think it's from the millennia album uh, which i got off itunes recently just to find that sample found it little little thing there and I like the humour in it as well. I think it's when he's singing that, even in her anger, and then you get the guitar going, wah, 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 that kind of stuff. <laughs> I love that humour that he puts in. Come on, it, come on, give it to me, baby. Uh, <laughs> oh. I, I laugh every time I hear that. It's just, it's just funny. That's so bad, though. No, that's, lame. that's why. <laughs> terribly lame. Uh, you're getting me started again. It's anyway. worse than Nick Jonas. Oh. <laughs> Don't even go there. Oh, it's in about five minutes. <laughs> but yeah, oh, um, super cute. Yeah, it's it's all right, but uh, you know I'm not going to rape about it. Next. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, player. What do you thought? What do you think? Yeah. Well, I love the groove of the song. I love that three-note piano bassline that mm. underlines the groove. The dum 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 all the way through it. Um, the way this song's structured around the groove and the lyrics, um, how she arrived on the 747, 20 to 11, and, and all that. So, yeah. It just has this sexiness about it, and it's focused on the subject at hand, which makes it work. Like, he's, n- he's not holding back in the suggestiveness of the song. Um, I'm not a big fan of that Hollis-style chorus, but it's just minor criticism. Overall, it's just a nice, sexy, laid-back track. Cool, 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 cool. All right, heading from Super Cute straight into Underneath the Cream, another interesting song title, um, specifically when you consider the the time period this is from. Um, <laughs> man, uh, who wants to take this? Any, anyone a fan of this song? Okay, I'll take the silence. the silence in death. <laughs> yeah, Mr. I'll, I'll just say a few things and then hand it over to everyone again. This just reminds me of, um, it's a little bit, Emancipation-y, almost emancipation era sounds and produ- I mean production-wise, anyway. Um, you know, again, you've got the sensual and provocative lyrics with some nice use of background kind of um, I don't know atmospheric synths and some nice textures there. But it's look, it's not particularly memorable. The hook's not particularly memorable, and um, you know, the last one and a half minutes or so it sounds like something off rave so you got you know you got a bit of rave bit of emancipation and it's it's a little bland in places as well um i kind of think a little silly game a little sun moon and stars but you know it's it's light l-i-t-e light all over the <laughs> place you know it's there's really nothing to write home about 
just a bit dreamy, a bit strange. It's a come on track, obviously, but you know, come and get your come on. That's it, it pales in comparison to that. So, really, nothing special here. Uh, I'll let player player take this one over. What are your thoughts on underneath the cream? Yeah, and I'm with you. It's a, another lyrically suggest suggestive track. Um, it's a nice laid-back groove with little bells and chimes in the background. It kind of reminds me, yes, of Rave. Um, I don't know if you guys picked it up. I don't think he's ripped it off. But the first 10 seconds or so of music sounds like that um, Grayson Hughes Talk It Over. If you play that oh. first 10 seconds and then play Talk It Over, the start of that, yeah. it sounds very similar with the guitar. Very, very similar. Okay. Just play it back-to-back and you'll pick it up. Um, but I'm not suggesting that he's ripped it off. It just sounds to me. It, it, as soon as I heard that, I thought, that sounds like talking about it. Anyway, I really like the song, but there's nothing earth-shattering about the song. It just bounces along, and that's it. But, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, Captain? I wouldn't say it bounces. <laughs> it's, it's not the most challenging you know, piece of work he's ever put out. It's just this... It's very laid-back thing. I, I see... Uh, I was on some website and there were people saying this is one of the best tracks from the whole... Both, both of these albums. Uh, to me, it's most skippable track out of the whole lot. Oh, I know. Nothing, there's, another one, there's another one that has that one coming up. Nothing sticks with me from this song. I can listen to the whole thing five times and I, I get yeah, nothing out of it. I get nothing at all. It's just... It's my most skippable track. That's it. <laughs> okay. Hey, Jam, let us know. Uh, I don't... I kind of agree with all of you. I don't hate the song. It's got some nice, interesting parts to it. And I think, really, uh, a lot of these two albums is compiled of tracks like that, that really... He probably knows that they're not really good enough to put them out as major, you know, like Musicology mm-hmm. 3121 releases. Yeah. This um, song's definitely worthy of being on an internet-only release. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so in that sense, in that sense, it's all right. It's like... It's almost him, like, saying... Yeah, this is just some stuff I've done recently. Check it out. Yeah, Tell me what you like. But if you're a fan, listen to it, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So I don't really have any gripe against it, but I do agree it's kind of pedestrian. Um, just a couple of things i got. Uh, I like the way that the bass is, like, really bassy, and the treble, as player was saying, has all these, like, bells and whistles, these tinkly things around it. So it's mm. kind of a nice little contrast. Um, I like it when the when he sings the line cell phone and passport and he kind, of, he's kind of sings it behind the beat and the strings come in it's just a nice little effect and then I think it's from 1 minute 40 or thereabouts it kind of goes in a totally different direction to what you expect which is nice again so it's kind of got that dreamy feel but I'd take you know Pink Cashmere over this any day which is oh man oh yeah you can't put this side by come side on, we're doing <laughs> we're doing the chocolate invasion don't start throwing classic tracks in there yeah. no but like that's a song it reminds me of so it's like oh. alright but it's not Pink Cashmere do you guys want to just talk about Pink Cashmere for the next half an hour? Because I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I haven't got it written here, but there's one track on... I'm not sure if it's on this album or the other one. And it's just got, like, these bells and chimes, like, all the way through. And it's really annoying. I'm not sure if it's... Th- I haven't got it written down. But there's one track, and it's just all the way through. It's got these jingle jangles. And it's really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> if it comes up, I guess we'll get to it. <laughs> uh, so that's about it closing off on that yeah alright Sex Me Sex Me Not track number five now uh, Toe Jam uh, 
it, uh, yeah. it's just the, the lyric <laughs> the, that the lyric just kills the song for me. I just can't take it seriously, and it, it's I think it's him trying to be funny, but it's just not funny. Mm. Uh, leave your sister and your underwear at home. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think I, I actually think that I understand exactly what that is and um, I don't know if you guys are going to mention this I'm sorry if I'm cutting you off Toe Jam uh, go for it. but I um, always took that line you know sometimes in the One Night Alone era he used to say for those t- or even on the official recording for those thinking you're about to get your purple rain on you're in the wrong house Mm-hmm. Well, I think when he says "leave your sister and your un- underwear at home," I think he's actually referring to the song "Sister," the "Dirty Mind" period, and all oh, that kind of stuff. Just okay, and and that kind of concept and that imagery and that period in his career. That's what I'm actually thinking that relates okay. to. I'm that almost sure that sense. that's what he's that's, saying. I never would have picked that up myself. <laughs> yeah. hmm. But um, ah. also, this is an interesting one as well because. Uh, when this was originally released in 2001 as an MPG Music Club single download, uh, well, I should say the new version that was in 2004 had a whole new rap in the middle of it. Which, a classic um, Prince rap. Just yeah. what it <laughs> And he kind of puts the Judas Smile bass, bass line in the background, so that's a little nice little reference that sort of makes the album a bit more of like an album, I suppose. Mm. Uh, but then that's, oh, that, come on, Prince, don't leave us there. <laughs> oh, takes, me, takes me, what? <laughs> I do like the synths though at the end. The synths they come in, they're pretty, they're yeah. pretty, very, very like the time kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, no, uh, no, that's enough for me. <laughs> Player, what do you think of this track? Yeah, it has a kind of like a. Oh, <laughs> Jam started off. Eh, Player starts off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> has a kind of a like a new jack swing underlying groove to it, <laughs> and it's another another song that bounces along, but it doesn't really go anywhere. It just has this fake plastic sound to it it doesn't get going for me until that 14 minutes 16 second mark where that funky keyboard instrumentation comes in but I reckon it's it's alright track it'd be alright as like a b-side to something but you know it's kind of very Michael Jackson isn't it yeah I could definitely hear Michael Jackson doing this yeah like a Teddy Riley produced Yeah. yeah yeah but it's um yeah the title just sounds like a like a Borat reference or something (laughs) I'm not going to slam it as hard. I think it's a funky song, but most songs on the on this release and on the Slaughterhouse release are, um, you know, they're not they're ma- they're almost made for internet only releases. It's just him experimenting and just being a bit funky. And I think the funk appeal is pretty high on it. It's got some there's a lot of single note st- stuff happening here. All these little protuberances that come up on the keyboard and and some electronic noises or you know coming out, out from the left and the right channel when you're listening to it on headphones some funny lyrics i do like the um that my favorite part in this whole song is when he talks about um well basically what i'm trying to say is i like the scream when he sings about her liking when he screams so when he says, I-, I know you like it, I know you like it when I scream. Mm. <laughs> That's kind of... I, I'm a big fan of Prince doing that kind of stuff because most artists don't. You know, when he actually does what he's singing about. <laughs> yeah. He does, that, he does that heaps, like, the last 10 years, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, and it's it's almost, it's funny, but it, in, in a, in a p- purely princely kind of way. Um, and the drum pro- 
programming is solid. I, I think the drum programming is really, really cool here, and it's kind of futuristic. It's not the same old, same old bland Lindrum. But anyway, that's just my feel. It's the song sounds as if it's supposed to be, um, I don't know, like heard with maybe even more electro drums. Like take it really more electronic, and, and just make it a club banger or something. I don't know. But it's it's a funky song. But like with most of the other others on here not particularly memorable so i'll let captain finish it off uh yeah you pretty much said it <laughs> uh the just the one the five word chorus that's about all that sticks in my head the verses are pretty bland and yeah you got the, the classic prince rap halfway through that's about it it's okay okay yeah i got nothing to say but it's really all right, well, I'll go in straight into track number six, Vavoom, and I'm going to leave it to Captain because, I don't know, I might have heard oh, somewhere previously oh. that, that he actually does like this song. So take it out. Take it over. This song is the best song on this album. Boom, and, and maybe boom, on boom, both. Boom, what? what? <laughs> take it away. I was just repeating some of the <laughs> music. Uh, this is the best track from, like, the whole 2000, 2001 it, it's got the groove. It, I love the vocals. It's got great guitars. The first time I heard it, it just blew my head off. Um, it's got this great guitar riff that comes in the second verse. And I think this is the one he sent to some radio station to play. Tony Fly or whatever it was. And uh, Yeah, that's right. And um, oh, I, I just blew my head off when I heard this song. Because he hadn't done a, a good great guitar thing for a few years and I heard this I'm like oh the, the guitar's coming back even though a lot of these songs are really electronic sounding there was guitar all over it and I, I, it just killed me it was good that, that's all I, okay. I, I can keep talking but I'll just say how great it is for the next 10 minutes so. okay. I don't need to no one, no one needs to hear that uh, <laughs> it's great Toe Jam what do you think of Va Va Voom uh, this is my most skippable track on this album. Oh, you are freaking what? kidding me! It's just, it's just <laughs> nothing to it. This one, it's just, it's him just making a pop song with some guitar in it, and it's kind of a precursor to the song guitar. Um, but it's it like is, just a really lame version of it. So, um, it's, oh, I like this better than guitar. Yeah, like I like the stereo effect of the guitar. The it's almost a country thing, but like. Once I've heard it once in the song, I'm like, yep, I've heard it. I'll skip it. Next track. Um, so, yeah, it's just, yeah, I can just imagine him just recording this as a bit of fun one afternoon and thinking, oh, yeah, I'll put it out there. But it's nothing that I go out to seek to listen to. Um, so Prince and Cruise mode, this one. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. My car reference, boom, Cruise mode. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, we, I think we might have missed that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, play on, play on. What do you shocked. think about track number six, Vavoom? I think it has, this song has hit written all over it. I mean, to me, it's it in does. a... It, it does. For another artist, it could, it could have exploded another career. Yeah, it's in the same vein of, as, like, say, 319 or Cream. And if maybe with some extra production, like some punchier drums and given a good push with a decent video, I reckon it could have been a big hit for Prince. The vocal the delivery is excellent. It. Yeah, it, it could be a bit punchier. Um, the vocal delivery is excellent. The guitar work is superb. It's just one of those fun Prince tracks that I think everyone can get into and sing along. So I, I think, I, yeah, it's, it's kind of vocals. like an oversight. Yeah, 
Yeah, the, the delivery's he's, awesome. He's pushing his voice, and it's it's just good. Yeah. See, when I hear this, I have this I have this vision of like these sort of forty year old ladies in a club with their handbags next to them going. No. <laughs> Where'd you get that from? <laughs> I don't know. That's just the vision I get when I eat this song. Oh no. Take this song and overlay it over the cream video. It'll, it'll give you a new, new thing to it. That's interesting. Yeah, this... When you put it that way, yeah. Mm. I don't just... know. Maybe, maybe it's the cowbell. Take that's any wrong. song and put it over the cream video. <laughs> <laughs> it's <look> pretty interesting. <laughs> But you just said something, player. It, it, it's it, it's a great pop song. It, yeah. If anyone else did it, it would have been great. Yeah. But because yeah, uh, and everyone knows I like I like pop songs. That's that's why I like it. It's a great three minute, three and a half minute pop song. It's yeah. just good. It's uh, I'll just take my turn here. It's playful. Yeah, uh, that's, right. that's mm. really what it is. It's a playful pop song. It's funny. It's loose and catchy. It's cheeky. It's some really, really, um, hmm, how do I put it? I was going to say cool guitar lines. I don't actually think they're cool. I think they're more kind of quirky almost. It's not the kind mm. of stuff you hear every day. They're princely. But, <laughs> yeah, they're princely. But with the more so that, and that doesn't particularly impress me, but what does, what is nice sounding is this really slow rhythm because there's guitar all, all over it you're right captain but it's not the kind it's not just face melting solos it's not about mm. that there's a lot of really cool slower rhythm playing in the verses particularly in the second verse second verse yeah yeah the, 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 it's a and it's a, it, it's a big it's a good little riff yeah there's some nice riffing there and it's it's similar in some ways to the song guitar um the the undercurrent bass line sounds like a it's um it's a little bit like thirty one twenty one actually. It sounds like this deep kind of bass ripple beneath the mm. beat, and and that's really cool as well. I like that. It's like this sliding thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, his voice sounds like he's strangulated, if that's even a word. So <laughs> captain there, and it gives the song a less than serious tone, which is appropriate. But the guitar double ups, and that's the only way I can. Um, describe it. It, it like he, he records one guitar bit then records another one over it and he's just doubling up on the same line but he's obviously using different effects on this song as well on his guitar those are really cool those those little guitar flourishes towards the end are cool but you know it's for what it is it's a song on the chocolate invasion for one so that has to be taken with a grain of salt but the other thing is that it's this just playful fun song i think he could he could rip this up live he could really do something with it, similar to Cream. So, again, I agree with some of the things that Player said. This could have been if, a big if he track, comes back to Australia well, and he plays this, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> See, this would be... Cool I will too, but in a different way. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, this this song could be cool just thrown in, like like all yeah. the all-night chants or something like that. Yeah, you know how, like, when he does the hits over and over and if he did Cream, like, if he did Cream and threw this into it, Mm. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a good scream in it too. It's got a good scream. Mm. I think just before guitar solo or something. I could be an animal. <laughs> <laughs> There's funny lines in there. Oh god, his his voice sounds great. Like I love songs like this, yeah. and like even like my name is Prince. Just the vocals that he's just pushing it, and it's he's not pushing it as hard on this. But stuff like My Name is Prince, he oh, he just kills it. Mm. I, I love that stuff. I mean, I hate right. just boring songs, you know, where he's just like talking. I hate that crap. <laughs> or rapping. 
we'll, no, we'll the rapping, that's good. That's funny. I like the, I like the rap. Just the talking, really lazy singing style that he does sometimes. Oh, but man, this, I heard I heard one song the other day in my in the car. I had on. It's like, wow. There's that talking. <laughs> but you know what? Like I haven't heard that for a while, and that is a a um. I don't even know what the word is. That's an interesting track. I don't know if you guys have heard that much, but... Which song are we talking about? One song. Ah, okay. It's not even on the uh, I thought you said I heard one song, like just some random song. No, no, one song. Yes, yeah, so did I. I was waiting for the what oh, song. Really? No, no, like actually what the song, one song. Yeah, I like that song. It's, it's, it's got a little, It makes you think. Yeah. So that was interesting, but anyway, I, I'm completely off topic now. Captain just said songs <laughs> with talking, uh, and I thought one song. But anyway, but it's same mirror, same mirror. Yeah, same mirror. Exactly. Let's do it at the end. Um, Let's talk about it at the end. Cool. <laughs> Track number seven. Hi. Oh, I just want to say if you think I'll say a few things <laughs> about this, and then let you guys go on a rant. For some reason, this chorus sounds cheap and lame to me. I can't get over it. <sighs> I mean. <laughs> I can see where you're coming from on that, yeah. I'll get you high. I can't even sing that, obviously, that high. But Prince gonna get you high. Prince gonna get you high. <laughs> I mean, that. Like, come on. Yeah, like, seriously. <laughs> who, who are you kidding? He's got to know that's terrible. The constant funky guitar, though, keeps the groove. Like, the fu- it's lame. Chorus is lame. But the constant funkiness just keeps it in the groove and it keeps it moving. It at least keeps it progressing somewhere. And then um, the only other thing is that the compositionally it's fairly basic. But after the three-minute mark, there is some ni- there's some nice keyboard work there and a little bit of, you know, I guess, uh, again, the word basic, samba, infused piano... But it's it's all right. Like, that, that's not too bad. Ultimately, it's just not very memorable, and it's one of the songs here that I would literally skip if I heard it. So uh, I'll let uh, player take this over and see what he thinks about it. Yeah. All right. It's it's one of the first songs I heard from this era, um, and yeah, it was a sort of a, like a big gap between Rave and this, and I was blown away by the production of the track. It just had this crisp, mm. clear digital edge to the whole song. If you listen to it on the headphones again, it just sort of like bounces around in, in your head. And it has some of those trademark Prince sounds in there, the guitar, the synth, some of that minimalist groove that works for Prince songs. Um, I really like the synth he used in this song. Um, but it makes me wonder if it was the My Name is Prince of the New Millennium. Because I think it was in the sense that like it was like a re- reintroduction to Prince because he started using the name Prince again. So mm. it was like a sort of like a reference to that, like Prince is going to get you high again because I'm I'm sort of back as Prince, and it's kind of like an introduction, like the way my name is Prince was sort of like was. I think overall it's a cool song, but I agree with MC. It sort of comes off as a bit hokey. <laughs> so yeah, but I think he, he he deliberately put that in there as like some sort of reference to say yeah, I'm Prince again, sort of thing. But yeah, yeah. I, I like the, I like the production more of the the song in general than the song itself. But anyway, that's it. I, I get the my name is Prince thing. It's a I get it. <laughs> okay, is there anything else you get about this song? Uh, I wish this song was released. 
That would have been good. He the first time I heard it, he played it at the first celebration one. I think it was one night at Paisley Park, and he played it, and and through those speakers in that soundstage, it, it sounded pretty damn good, and it still sounds good. I still think he should have released this. It, it's such a obviously Prince song. It's like my name is Prince. It's a it's a song. Look, I'm Prince. Look at me. I'm singing a song about me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good. It's funny. The only thing I don't like is the damn Latin piano crap at the end of the song. Just just leave it alone. Just leave that crap alone. If you want to do a Latin whole Latin album, that's fine. Do it, and I don't have to listen to it. But don't stick it in every freaking third song. It's just ridiculous. Get over it. The thing about it is that it's keep, really... Keep Neto in his cage and just control it. <laughs> you see, the thing is... <laughs> <laughs> if Throw it, if it was Neto, it wouldn't have sounded so basic either. But it's just so like it's just him. Oh man, yeah. It's like uh, every time, no matter what the song is, every time I hear that, oh, I just lose it. And that, that's when I just go to the next track. I, I can't listen to it. <laughs> oh. Okay, Toe Jam, close out this 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 review of High. What do you think? Um, this song is as as cheesy a Prince song can get. <laughs> so in that respect, I don't like it. But there's lots of things happening that I do like. Uh, it's just really thick with... There's like heaps of different rhythms, heaps of, heaps of different things happening at, at the same time. There's some excellent chicken grease guitar all the way through the song, as I think you said. Um, I think it's Prince's attempt at making like a, a summer jam, a summer kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's just the lyrics are a little bit too cheesy. Uh, and I agree with Cap, Cap, uh, Player. There's some really classic Prince moments. Um, but like that little whistle that do 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 that sort of runs through it. Uh, yeah. really classic. It reminds me of like something off Erotic City or something. That that you know classic little minimalist stuff. Uh, and there's some really high note singing as well. Like, ah, ah, ah. That stuff sounds like the Bee Gees. Yeah, <laughs> staying alive. That's, that's got to be the highest thing he's done for ages, probably. That's what we call high. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and somewhere I, I, here on Earth is pretty high, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. And at the same time, he's got some humour in there. Obviously, he's not taking himself too seriously because I think at 4 minute 12, I don't know if it's actually Prince or Kip Blackshire or someone, but you hear someone in the background going, Prince going to get you high? Like, what the hell? <laughs> and I think that's pretty funny. Um, and there's a great little arrangement at 3.05 to 3.16, just sort of off-tangent little arrangement, which is cool. So, again, I don't really like the track in terms of I'd go and listen to it, but, you know, when you do hear it, there's lots of cool things happening, so... Yeah. All right. Along we go. Track number eight, The Dance, the original version of this song before it was re-released in 2006 on the album 3121. And uh, I'll give it to Player to take away his his thoughts on The Dance. Mm. Look, there's a certain charm about this version of this song that I like better than the 3121 version. I don't know what it is. Maybe it sounds happier, whereas the 3121 version sounds a lot darker. I don't know. Maybe it's the instrumentation use. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. But I, I think it's pretty good. I just miss the um, it's just not fair scream at the end, the way that he does it on the 3121 version. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, Damn, you prince, it's just not fair. You should have put that in. It's fair. <laughs> 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 that whole thing, that's really cool. Well, I was going to hand it over to someone else, but since you guys started screaming, I'll just talk about the fact that I think that his screaming here 
is like his well his vocal performances here are just limitless. He goes all over, like he just goes whacked out all over <laughs> this song with some striking falsetto, some falsetto, some lush harmonies <laughs> and arrangements. Um, they're really like they're really lush and and it's cool. Uh, my descriptions of <laughs> instrumental parts are interesting, I guess, but I'll call them mushy mushy bass parts or some mushy bass playing <laughs> here. Some effective drum plug programming. It just sways and swings all over the place like some sort of erotic pole dance. But all throughout, <laughs> it's it. The thing is, it, there's a longing emotional depth that just it, it is is current all throughout, and it just seeps. That emotional depth just seeps through the pores of every note here. That look, the thirty thirty one twenty one version I think does trump this version though. Um, that's the definitive definitive recording, but. This is like the dreamy demo that that should not be disregarded. So, those are my thoughts, and uh, I'll take it away to Captain. Ah, uh, I don't really like this song. <laughs> Straight away, it just sounds like something from Emancipation, and it might have been. I don't know. Um, I just don't particularly like it. It's it's too dark for me. And and this is the song with all the jingle jangles. It's got those chimes like every eight seconds, like through the whole track. It's it's really annoying. The only saving you know thing for this song is the like the the four set of vocals like near the end of the song. But uh, I don't really like this one. This is like second most skippable. Okay. From okay. me. We'll see if Toejam has got something to say about it. Um, I kind of agree. I can't remember who said it you or player, uh, that it, there are aspects of this that I do prefer over the 3121 version, but I do I do player. think yeah. I think 3121 version is still, like, if I had to choose one, that would be the one I'd choose. But this one does kind of sound more authentic to me. It sounds like, you know, something happened in his life to make him write this one, whereas the 3121 version, it's almost like him trying to recreate that emotion. And he does an excellent job in doing that, obviously. But to me, this one sounds a tiny bit more authentic. Um, it's it's got more of an oriental sound to it, whereas the the other one's kind of a more almost Latin-y, s Latin bits and pieces in it. Uh, it does sound very emancipation with the production, and I think that's the part that uh, is lacking. Is that there's there's just too much kick drum in it for me in the background. It just gets a bit annoying. Um, and you, this is the song that's written in the dream, as I always say for every al- album. Uh, very, it's just really intriguing. This song, both versions, it's such a interesting composition all the way around um so that's my interpretation of the dance okay uh, interpretation of the dance good one <laughs> ah you picked up <laughs> I'm looking we're, we're, still, we're starting I, to get all these all these I know they're in there messages now. that you're sending I'll take credit even though there was none we'll, we'll get there now I know just... that they're in there I'm looking out for them <laughs> um yeah, everyone pay attention ex- to specifically to what Toejam says. He's trying to trick us. <laughs> um, track number nine is Gamilla. And I will review this from the point of view... And I'll start the review mainly because I think that this is a brilliant brilliant instrumental song. And, um, or piece. And other than When I Lay My Hands On You, I think this is probably the second best song on this album. And it's, it is, it's so simple. Like, it's, you can listen to this and just think... I don't know what's the big deal what are you talking about MC like it's just some instrumental dabble 
it isn't. This is an amazing instrumental. And not in this... I mean, look, everyone's... We're obviously all kind of subjective, but it, something doesn't have to be complex just to be considered great or amazing, in my mind. And it's amazing to me because it touches me. It, I actually... I hear it, and every note, every chord, every line is just beautiful. It is just so classy. It's tasteful. And you, I get this sense that there's a depth to it. There's a there's an emotional. Uh, it, it carries some sort of emotional weight, and that it, because obviously it doesn't have any lyrics, it's an instrumental. You can just put in whatever emotion you want into it. And this is just a deep song. The melody is so well composed. Um, I love the guitar and the horn lines doubling up and dueling throughout the song. It's like a sonic ear candy. It's just so nice. And it's obviously a one-man band composition. Then he, then he throws in some piano, and that comes underneath, and it, it kind of completes this three-part harmony between the horns, whether they're real or not, I don't know, but the horns, the guitar, and the piano. And it's just brilliant. And then this, this high-pitched synth line comes in after the three-part harmony's been established. And, and then, you know, all of that is just mixed up in this in this blender of a song um, it's just pure sonic joy I love the song I think it's it, it's haunting, beautiful and it's it's just oh, I don't know how to put it you know, it's, it reminds me of melodic touches in Under the Cherry Moon and Venus de Milo and all that kind of stuff it's just brilliant, brilliant song but I'll hand it over to someone else. Toe Jam, what do you think of this? Sorry, MC, this is instrumental dabble. <laughs> <laughs> As you said. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know. This is just it's instrumental dabble. It's, it's, not, it's all right. You know, I can listen to it and appreciate the melody, but there's nothing that does anything for me particularly. Like, And wow. I'm not a huge... I'm, I'm presuming it's Najee on the sax, and I'm, I'm just not a big Najee fan. It's just a little bit too... A little bit too, uh, don't want to use the word sterile, a little bit too new agey for me, I guess. So, that's, uh, yeah, I, you know, like you said, there's some nice melodies and there's nice little arrangements, but it doesn't, you know, I can listen to this and not be moved. So, that's all I got to say. Wow. <laughs> Go on. Is Gamala, is, is that the name of his guitar? Is that what he called his guitar? Or am I thinking of something else? I'm not sure. No, that's Habibi. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. But okay. I always wondered where the, the name Camilla came from. Well, I know that um, supposedly Marnie used it as the Marnie charity as charity name. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. Camilla Enterprises. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, obviously, we've got very all of us. That's what makes the Peach and Black podcast fun because all of us, you know, we're all Prince fans, but we come from a different standpoint on on every piece of music. So let's move on to uh, Captain. I'm glad you said so much about this track because. I've got nothing to say about it. Wow. I've got I've got written here, nice little instrumental. That's it. <laughs> and right, the, okay. the only other thing I could think to compare it to is get some solo off the um, the Cream Remix EP, which I think is about five hundred and seventy three times better than, <laughs> than Camilla. Exactly. And much more much more memorable. This, okay. This, I haven't this, I haven't heard. That. I'm with Toe Jam. This is just it's dabble. Wow. I mean, maybe it was expertly crafted but I just don't like it maybe he slaved over it for a week 
and there's all this. I, I, I should go and listen to it again. I don't know. Like, I just get the impression that if any of us, and I, I mean, okay, we might be starting off a low base musically. <laughs> I don't know if I can even speak for all of us. <laughs> but, I mean, if, let's just take an any average, like, studio musician. I don't think, it, it just, it, it sounds, I don't know. I just think that. No, see, I disagree with you there. Like, I, I could hear um, a thousand artists doing something um, just as good as this. Like, like all, all music's good music. Don't get me wrong. Like, I can always enjoy something, but there's nothing here that particularly stands out to me that I really want to go and listen to it again. Mm. So. Mm, okay. See, I almost skip most of the other songs just to get to this on this album. Like, Whoa. it's one of the. On any other day, it's either when I lay my hands on you or this that I. And it, the bass is just so otherworldly. Like it's just, oh, I don't know. It's something brilliant about about every note. I'm just, I'm, a, I'm obsessed over every <laughs> every note that he plays on every instrument in this <laughs> instrumental. I can't help it. I'm sorry, uh, player. See, I'm, I'm a bit scared to do my review now based no, on just do it just, just do it doesn't matter <laughs> well see the thing is I, yeah I agree it's a bit of a sleeper for me I mean there's nothing that stands out as being memorable but maybe I should listen to it a few more times because you've raved about it so much I don't know that it's memorable I think it's quite forgettable probably I don't okay. yeah, well, I, I don't think I don't think of Prince songs and go oh that that, that lead line in Gamilla that, that really but it's just I don't know I've just as a whole you like it yeah, uh, look, uh, as a piece of art, the only thing that stands out is that jazzy guitar work that's sprinkled throughout. Mm. Really, really like that stuff that he does. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a nice interlude. It, you know what? You know what? Also, it reminds me of. It might be me kind of put, putting down, uh, not putting down. Um, in when I think of it, I think of. It's it's like the the typical instrumental track that is like all prints, and you know on the rave DVD, during the interview section, mm. I think he actually plays parts of this or something similar for about like fifteen or twenty seconds. They show him just touching some keys and playing the bass, and I think playing the guitar for a few seconds. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah where he's wearing that fluffy purple, that blue fluffy thing. Yeah. And I'm imagining him sitting there in the studio and composing Gamilla, like, on that same day. And there's something magical about that. It's not only the music, it's just this kind of thing about the process of creating something really me- melodically quite nice. Look, I'm not, it's not going to, it's not going to change the history of music. I'm, I haven't been thinking that, that that's what it's all about. I don't know. I just think it's it really is amazingly composed. Ah, look. Who knows? Uh, let's move on to track number 10. Go and listen um, to Get Some Solo on the Cream Remix I haven't EP. heard it. I haven't that got is the Cream a Remix. Beaut- it's only like a minute and a half. And I don't even know if it's Prince. It might even be Levi playing the, the lead guitar, but it's 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 great. Okay. I'll have to I'll have to seek that out. Maybe we can... Maybe you can hook me up. Well, um, yeah. Track number 10... You make my sons shine. You make my sun shine. Is there anyone wants to take over this 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 track? Oh, look, let's just give it to Toe Jam to start up with then. Toe Jam, what do you think of this song? Yeah, I like the song. It's a nice Prince ballad. Um, the thing that I like about it the, the most uh, is just the um, chorus. You make my sun shine. It's a nice little lyric, and I like the way he ends on uh, a major chord 
uh, which is actually the chord he ends on is actually the second degree of the scale, which is would normally be a minor chord, but then he puts a major on that, so it, it does kind of brighten up and it emphasizes that lyric about the sun shining. Is that when it can like the song doesn't finish on that chord, does it? It continues. Oh, just that you make my sun shine. Oh, the, the, the chord on shine yeah. kind of it's a different major chord to what you're expecting kind of, the first time you hear it anyway. Um, and I like the kind of gospely bluesy bit it gets into towards the end um it's a pretty long track isn't it it's like seven minutes or something mm-hmm. yeah uh, i don't have a whole lot to say about it it's it's a nice song it's a nice concept to do a duet with angie stone who was pretty popular at the time um but again it's not pink cashmere so, <laughs> <laughs> so that's gonna be your running comment <laughs> from all future album reviews <laughs> uh, you know when i hear this i i like it and i appreciate it but um yeah it's right. i got nothing against it Okay, okay. Uh, player? I really like this song. Um, to me, it sounds like an answer to D'Angelo's Untitled, mm. which was a homage to Prince, and yeah. for two reasons. One, the groove of both songs are very similar, and the second is having Angie Stone on there as well, which was D'Angelo's woman at the time. It's like an acknowledgement to that. So... It's one of those sexy Prince songs with some great vocal arrangements and delivery, and it's a very nice sentiment. But to me, when I listen to this song, it reminds me of D'Angelo's Untitled, and it sort of harkens back to, like, when he did Untitled, it was sort of like, when he was pushing that song, it was like a, a homage to the old, like an old school Prince which he hadn't done for a while, like Prince himself. And so when he came with the, out with this song, it was it was like an answer to that. That's the way I saw it. Mm. By the way, have we got any 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 D'Angelo fans in on the forum? Other oh, than yeah. Player, if, he, if he is. Anyone else into him? To be honest, I haven't really heard that much. I've only heard, like, the main singles and stuff, so... There's not that much to hear, actually. I mean, no. I compare him to something like an artist like Prince, but yeah. Like, I yeah, always hear... You always hear the... Prince comparisons, but I've never actually gone out of my way to listen to the albums. Find out, so. but I like it. Yeah. I mean, there's some there's some direct comparisons where he almost bites off some um, parade drum beats on on uh, Voodoo, yeah, second album. But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, Captain, are, are you a D'Angelo fan? Mm, I've never. I never. No. <laughs> <laughs> I only know that one song. <laughs> where where the whole video clip was just like you know his his abs. That's yeah, all that's, I can remember. That's, that's what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only. Untitled. I don't even remember the song though. <laughs> I have to say that just just before we go into continuing this review, that Untitled by D'Angelo is like unreal. Mm. It is it is so amazing. It's even better than Gamilla. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's that's an. I'd love to discuss if we do like a, you know, if we step out of our comfort zone maybe or out of the print zone one day and do, uh, you know, other album reviews or song reviews, that's going to be on my list for sure. That's just yep. unreal. Some of the screams in that as well, for God's sake. Uh, it always reminded me of One Kiss at a Time. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, okay, uh, Captain? Uh, there's not a lot to say about this song. It's a really gospel influenced thing but um yeah, it's not my favourite song it's, you know it's, 
it's pretty forgettable. It doesn't. I don't remember wow. it after I've played it a bunch Forget of times. There's, there's just nothing that grabs me. I mean, it's got great vocals backing. Is it Millennia backing vocals? And but there's just nothing special in there. And it's a long. It's like six or seven minutes or something. That's a long, boring song to me. Wow. But um, yeah, to close the album, oh, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I think this song is better than most of the stuff on this disc, on this album. I think it's. I agree with Player. I, I really like this song. His falsetto here sounds as good, or if not better, than Heyday Prince. Like he he is really on point, and some of the lines here, like some of the lyrics here, is brilliant. And I love the um. I, I love the line where it begins the song with. I think it's actually the first verse with the "Come on over here, babe." Uh, it's just the way he sings that. It's such a. The line is "Come on over here, baby," and Prince in Prince's vocal delivery, it's "Come on over here." It just, it just <laughs> kills it, kills it. You know what artist does that? It just really infuses so much into such a simple line, and then the um. Kings and Queens getting it on, and then right after that is that highest of highs. The falsetto just punches through the roof there. I can imagine Angie's face. Like, <laughs> if she was in the studio, she'd be like, wow, who is this guy, you know? Boy or girl, I don't care. It's just I mean, crazy. It's It's crazy. got great vocals on it, but it, just as a song, I don't think it's a great song. Yeah, I think it's a... Br- Musically, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's not I a lot there, really I think. Good. I think it's a throwback to kind of gospel soul of the late It's 60s, really gospel, 70s. yeah. You know, even in parts similar to some of the staple staple singers type, maybe staple type mm. stuff and... and um, well, this was this came name? out on the CD with When Will We Be Paid, which is, that's staple singers, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. so, that's so it's it's influenced by a few things. But I'm just trying to think of that singer surname Jackson. Was it Mahalia Jackson or something? Like oh that. yeah, also a big the gospel. There's, there's elements of that in this. I just think his vocal delivery is amazing all over the place. And from f- about f- well, actually, I've got here on my notes from four minutes and forty six seconds onwards. If you don't like the first four four minutes forty six seconds, just listen to everything that happens after that, <laughs> and that is a lesson. That is a lesson in how to layer vocals in any genre. Like genius, this guy is a master. And on a on a on a single that it wasn't even really properly released anyway. So, I, I'm a big fan of this song. I love listening to it. What, what about the say? video? Who's seen the video? Uh, I haven't yeah. seen the video either. <laughs> it's pretty no. average. It's pretty. It's up there with Daisy Chain and When I Lay My Hands on You in terms of its yeah, production yeah. values. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he, he had a slow summer, so we just got the video camera out. Got the, you know, <laughs> the blue hand screen, hand. blue screen clouds in the background, and him yeah. on some. There's like a, a chair with hand or made out of a hand or something, just sitting on it. And, uh, the right hand of the father, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that look that closes out the album, uh, the Chocolate Invasion. Um, yeah, not much more to say about that. Are we gonna Are we gonna give it a, a score, or, or do we think maybe look, it's not an official release. Let's not go there. I don't, I don't know. I'd say give it a score. Even, just why not? I don't even really want to score it because I'll probably end up scoring it quite badly. Not that I think it's particularly bad. I just okay. Let's it. give it two scores. One score just as an album by itself. 
you know, as an internet release, and yeah. then score it as After just singing Slaughterhouse. And then just and then score it just sitting in the Prince discography with all the other albums. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's give do it that. to. We'll go. We'll go around two scores. Something we haven't done <laughs> before. Um, oh, wow. So what's the first one? We're scoring it just as an as an internet release album. Yeah. For what oh, it is. Oh. I would. How can you score that? That's pretty hard to score. It is hard, hard to score. score. But I would score. say. I mean. I'd almost just give it a normal score, but. Yeah, I mean, out of all the tracks that he had sitting around and he could have put out, I mean, it's not a bad collection. I mean, this is what he was doing at the time and he wanted just to get it out there. And it and it came out through MPG Music Club. Like, every month we had a couple of new tracks. All right, which, so out of which 10... you we, knew were new. Where are you sitting? Out of 10... I'm going to give 10 it, tracks. I'm going to give it, like, an 8. What? Wow. For, 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 for what it is. For, oh, for what it you is. You take anything, <laughs> won't you? <laughs> I mean, it could have been an album full of, you know, like, Crystal Ball and a bunch of tracks, whatever, Large Room with No Light, stuff like that, but this is what he was doing. Yeah, for what it is, I'll give it an 8 out of 10. Okay. It's got Vavoom on it. How could I give it any less? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> and, and super cute. Oh, it's just good stuff. Tejan, what do you score this out of 10? Um, I reckon we'll just go around once. I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to give it a five and a half slash six, somewhere around there. Okay. Uh, you know, like, as I said earlier, it, it really is just a collection of songs of stuff that he'd been doing. But I, I think at the same time, the reason he didn't release it as a you know proper CD release is because basically he knows deep down that, you know, it's not, not as good as his other stuff. And it, it's a lot of it's just kind of, almost throwaway stuff. Like, you know, we hear these stories about him recording all the time. Like, not everything's going to be complete genius. So this is just the other stuff. And, you know, there's heaps of good good elements and songs in there. But um, it, for what it is, it, you know, for what it is, it's fine. It's just a collection of outtakes almost. Um, I think there's probably only three songs here that I think are, like, release-worthy. Uh, when I Lay My Hands On You, Due To Smile, and probably You Make My Sunshine as well. Um in terms of I could see them on a you know a proper CD release and I'd be happy with it but the rest of it you know it's, it's just a bit hit and miss and it's him mucking around which is fine so yeah I'll give it a 6 out of 10 okay okay well I agree with what my, basically what you've said but I'll give it all up a, um, a 5 out of 10 and move straight to player to finish it off I'll give it a very modest 6 out of 10 okay <laughs> but I'll give my overall opinion on it once we to um, Slaughterhouse about this whole era. Yeah. I gave it an 8 out of 10, but that was different. Now, if we're going to compare it to official I'm albums, sorry, I should it's going to come down then. <laughs> I should have come back to you. It'll, it'll so be... If we go around in circles, it's going to take a while. No, I mean, Captain, you've locked it in. You can't change I, it now. I, I, I'll go a 6. No, yeah, it's like, it's it's like still, it's... It's still, there's still a few albums worse than it, but... It's like when I gave... Um, Batman, what was it? Four. four. Oh, four and a half. Was it four and a half? <laughs> Locked it in. Doesn't matter what I say now. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, okay, so look, that finishes up the chocolate invasion. Stops uh, here. F- yeah, it stops here, exactly. F- f- finishes, <laughs> finishes on the Peach and Black podcast. We've done that, and... Um, yeah, look, stay tuned. Uh, next, we're going to review The Slaughterhouse and um, 
yeah, that'll be obviously another uh, another interesting another interesting show, and and it'll cap off the end of of, of that that whole early 2000s era even though those albums came out early 2004 online via the MPGMC so we would have uh, finished the decade yeah exactly um, but anyway signing off for the Peach and Black podcast it's MC it's Captain 